welcome back. It's episode 29 of Stop It That's Weird. And next one's gonna be 30. I cannot believe that. She's gonna be, she's keeping, catching up to my age. You know? Four more episodes and we'll be the same age. I wonder, oh my god, what if we turn 35 on and around the same time? Hold, hold the phone. We gotta figure this out. Okay, I just paused it and did the math. Okay, and two weeks before I turn 35, Trisha turns 35, this podcast will put out the 35th episode. That's crazy. What if we just skip episode 35? We go 34, (laughs) 30, wait, hold on, let me do the math really quick, live on air. So this would be, hold on, let me do it, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 36, 37, and then we do 35. What if we do that? It'll be so confusing. (laughs) I'm gonna do that, I think, if I remember. (laughs) Uh, Wow, that's so cool. That's crazy. The stars align. The stars are aligning for me. (laughs) Not really. I'm forcing them to align, but it's close enough. You know what I mean? Anyway... (laughs) We're getting super close to 25,000 followers on TikTok, which is insanity. So, so cool. Um, I don't remember if I talked about this on the last episode or not, but uh, a bunch of people went over to my Twitch and started following me over there. Like, we jumped up from, like, I don't know, a couple of, fo- literally a couple of followers to, like, f- over 50 now which is crazy. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Um, I really appreciate it. I didn't do a stream this week. I normally do on story of Trish, story of Trish on Twitch. I was going to say story of Trish, ah, (laughs) story of, Hmm. (laughs) let's move on. (laughs) Story of Trish on Twitch. You understand what I'm saying? I couldn't. It was such a tongue twister. I was trying to tell you what I said incorrectly. And then I just kept messing it up. Like digging myself further into the hole. You understand. You don't need me to explain this to you. Anyway, thanks. You thanks. If you're going over there and watching me play video games, I really appreciate it. Because it's really fun. And we have. We're so official. We have moderators now. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, the, there can't be that many people in chat. And I, and I just don't have a handle on it. I need somebody else to be watching chat for me so that I can like do what I'm supposed to be doing on there in my in my community. Um but that's really really fun for me. We play I finished Undertale in just like two uh streams, which is crazy. It was a lot shorter of a game than I thought it was, and but it was so so fun. Um yeah, so if you're interested in seeing me uh, mess up as badly as I just did. I mean, if you're here, if you're listening to this, then you understand what this is like, what I'm like. (laughs) So you're, you know what you're in for over there, because it's just this, but it's like a lot of hours. Instead of like an hour to an hour and a half, it's like multiple, uh, sometimes we'll stream for like six hours or something over there. So (laughs) if you think you can put up with that, feel free to go follow me over there it's so so fun there's so much that I want to do with it over there because gaming is like one of my favorite pastimes honestly I love it 
um and it's just fun to like play experience new games together and stuff like that especially with the weirdos with our little community um so if you ever have like game suggestions or anything like that you can let me know um what was I just about to say Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, um, that there's, like, cool, uh, people are so professional over there, and I'm not, um, but there's so much that I want to do with it, like, I would love to put, like, channel artwork up, and people have these, like, fancy little panels and things that, like, tell you all about the stream schedule, and, like, the chat rules, and, like, maybe games that are upcoming, or, like, you know, goals that we have for the channel or whatever, you know, because people do, I see people, the people that I follow, because I watch a lot of Twitch, but I am not, like, a professional Twitch streamer, (laughs) um, uh, people will do, like, fun interactive things, which is what I would love to do over there, is, like, you know, I don't know, if we get X number of followers or something like that, then maybe we could do, like, just a fun, interactive stream like I'm trying to think of what you know some people will just like watch TikToks or something like that but we could like play some kind of game together you know what I mean some kind of um game (laughs) that is (laughs) this like you know uh you know they have like jackbox jackbox games or like there's, some, there's other stuff that are, like, um, group games like that, you know what I mean, where, like, lots of people can join a lobby and we could, like, all play together or, like, I don't know. I didn't think it through before I started talking about it right this second, but if you're interested in that kind of stuff, um, that's where I will be doing it and, and I would, lo- yeah, I think it'd be so, so fun. Um, also, so I took a week off um I was on strike for Palestine so I took a week off of this oh so this episode is going up on Monday instead of Sunday because Sunday is the final day of the strike and so I want to be respectful of that time frame and not you know be putting stuff out that doesn't need to go out while we're striking so I took a week off of TikTok um yeah, and it was honestly very good for me, um, for a very good cause, you know, people did not need my nonsense clogging up the airwaves on TikTok <laughs> multiple times a day when we're trying to get a message that this, you know, violence needs to stop. It has to stop. It must stop, you know? Um, so really, uh, yeah, people, people were striking, I don't, I don't know, because I really tried to get off of social media as much as I possibly could for, like, a whole week. I tried to challenge myself to do that, because I also know that it, like, I was like, I know this will be good for my mental health, because I'm just, ever since, (laughs) you know, it just is part of the job. Once you start, like, doing this kind of stuff, posting on TikTok and becoming an annoying podcaster, it just consumes your life. And so I was like, I know that I'm so extremely online that I need to get off for an entire week. Get off of the internet, Trisha. So I really tried to do that. I didn't, I didn't, it was difficult for me to put into perspective how effective this strike was. Like, I don't, I have no clue. I think in, in this, like, couple of t- few times handful of times that I checked any social media over the week 
Um, I didn't see a lot said about it, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't happening. It just means that it wasn't in my, like, you know, certain group of people that I'm, like, following on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. But it, yeah, I guess, yeah, the, it's disheartening a little bit that, like, that sometimes strikes like these are just not as effective as they could be and stuff like that. But I guess, yeah, that's all that I will say about that. So I just wanted to try, so basically it was a call for, like, not working, not spending money, um, and only sharing stuff that would be beneficial, like uplifting um, Palestinian voices on social media. So I tried to do that. I did that to the absolute best of my ability. I did take a week off of work. I didn't post anything on social media. Um, definitely limited my spending. Uh, when I did, if I was going to spend anything, I was trying to only buy from like not any chain uh, restaurants or anything like that. Um, the very limited amount of times were like, you know, you have to, sometimes you just have to get essential items and stuff like that. Or you're like, I'm going to, I need to eat. So I'm going to buy food from a locally owned restaurant. Um, there's one particular like vegan soul restaurant that's in my area that is locally owned. That's so good. It's so incredibly good, and I was happy to, like, spend money that I know is going towards them and not corporations, which is the point of the strike. You know what I mean? Like, the U.S. is sending money um, to support the violence that's happening over there, and I don't want to be a part of that. So, when action is called for, I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't, these things are always difficult because I want, there's so much that I want to do. I'm really upset about what's going on, and sometimes it feels like, what is me taking a week off going to do? What is me, you know, not spending going to do? What is me not posting on social media going to do or whatever? But the whole point is, like, collective action, you know? Um, and I also wanted to, like, be transparent about the fact that, like, I, I did spend a little bit of money, you know? Because I saw some really encouraging stuff going around on TikTok because... Uh, especially, I would say, I think it's fair to say, with black and white thinking and, like, autistic people or neurodivergent people, sometimes it's all or nothing kind of thinking is like, oh, if I can't do it exactly perfectly, then, <clears throat> then I'm not doing the strike right, so why even do it in the first place? But I saw some really encouraging TikToks going around that was like, just do what you can during that week. The whole point is to try to take money away from those who are using those funds irresponsibly, to say the least. You know what I mean? So, again, if you, like, yeah, just do what you can. If you can't not spend money, then maybe try to take a little bit of time off work. Or if you if you can't take time off of work, maybe you can, you know, use your social media for just, you know, posting resources and uplifting voices. It's just, you know, it's a collective action type of situation. Um, and so that I thought that that message was really nice. 
So, anyway, I'm glad that I was able to be a part of that, but I am also happy to be back. But also, I'm glad that I took a week off just for my, like, it was good for me to do that. Like, I I think that I actually really needed to take a week off just for my own mental health, but I am, it's so not about me. <laughs> and whether it was good for me or not, it's so about a much larger cause. I just realized that my computer fan was being so, so loud. My apologies. Um, um, so I actually, like, I heard about the strike a little bit late. It was supposed to run from last Sunday to this Sunday, the 28th, like the 21st to the 28th, I think, but I didn't hear about it until like Monday or Tuesday. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll start today. Yeah. Let's jump in on this. Like, let's do what I can, you know? Um, yeah, I wanted to do something. I wanted to do anything that I could do. And then once I was like, once I kind of announced, hey, I'll be back in a week or whatever, I was like, I realized how used to posting like two, usually like three to five times a day on TikTok I am. Like, it, you know, not to be dramatic, but it is kind of an addiction. You know what I mean? Um... And that's not revolutionary of me to say. Like, we all know that social media is like that, you know? It was built to be like that. Um, But yeah, it's definitely, it's one of those things where, like, once you're on the other side of it, or once you've had a little bit of a break from it, I was, like, a little anxious to stop posting. And it had nothing to do with the reason that I was doing it. You know what I mean? Like, I saw the call for a global strike, and I was like, done. Done deal. I can do that. Like, yeah, the least I can do. You know what I mean? That feels within my control. So much of this is so huge and so awful. And I know that so many of us are looking at the events unfold in front of us and just saying, like, it's, what, what should we do? You know, like, we know what we want to happen, but how can we, the people, a global people, make this kind of thing happen. I know that it can be so overwhelming. Yeah, it's devastating. It's devastating what's happening right now, to say the absolute least. So, when, when, yeah, when I saw people were, like, calling for this type of action, I was like, this feels like something that's within my control, um, so I'd like to be a part of it, you know? And then, several days down the line again like I said in hindsight I'm like man I was like anxious in my body not posting on social media multiple times a day every day and it took like several days of me just kind of doing a a different type of routine before I felt like I let that anxiousness kind of release from my body and uh, yeah, like, I think I have it in part, in part of my notes a little bit later on, and I was like, wow, you know, I probably don't have anything profound to say about, you know, my addiction to social media that hasn't been said a thousand times over or anything like that, but I, yeah, um, my throat just made a crazy noise. I, it, it, was much needed, I think, is what the conclusion that I came to is, like, when you're, when you're in it that deep, you're lost in the sauce, posting on social media that many times a day, it really makes you think, like, I sometimes feel 
ill a little bit. You know what I mean? Hassan, like I've said that I'm a Hasanabi head before. Hassan says on his streams all the time that he's like brain broken because he's so like extremely online. And I understand that so much now (laughs) because I'm like, I don't know, you know, it was like a physical reaction. In my mind, I'm like, what you, oh God, oh no, Trisha, you're not going to be online for a week. God forbid, you know what I mean? The world would probably be a better place, honestly, without your jibber jabber for a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, but it's like that thing where you're just like, what, what do I do now? I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do now, you know? Sit in silence, read a book, play a video game, which is what I did, you know? And everything was fine and the world did not crumble and no one... No one was beating down my door, being like, hello, where's the TikTok content? You know what I mean? And maybe that, maybe that's part of the brain brokenness, is that when you're posting three to five times a day, there is a relevancy that you feel, you know? That it's like, people need this content. <laughs> that's not really what you say and that's not what I say to myself I don't think most content creators actually think like that but it like you get into such a routine such a habit that um I don't know it's it's not like you're actually uh imagining that phrase you know that not that phrasing or that feeling or anything it's not like conceptualizing that but you get so used to the repetition and existing online in that kind of way that when you suddenly don't, like, on purpose, you know, it does feel a little off. It feels a little bit weird. And then you're like, wow, is this, you know, if, ah, <laughs> I have, my first instinct was to say, is this normal? But yeah, it totally, that's what everyone is doing everywhere all the time that it yeah of course it's so normal but the internet is not normal as a concept you know what I mean and our relationship with it is bizarre you know it was a day it was (laughs) uh, I always think about all the stuff that Bo Burnham has said about the internet um yeah just like how it's it is such a like, we created it originally to just be, like, a, 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 an encyclopedia. Not an encyclopedia, but, you co- I mean, kind of. You know, it was, like, to look up a couple things quickly. And the way that it's evolved to be such a monster is crazy. We are so dependent on it. You know? There's so much, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, Trisha, we don't, we do know that. We're aware of that. Like I said, I'm not going to say anything profound that no one's heard, hasn't heard before. If you want a more educated and actually, like, interesting and nuanced take, look up the bajillion things that Bo Burnham has said about, like, you know, what he thinks possibly the internet is doing to our brain. Like, um, and not even that. Not from, it's not his, there were a couple talks that I watched where people were asking him specifically about like younger people and their relationship with the internet because I think he posted on YouTube like early YouTube and that's like how he got his whole thing you know that like I'm Bo Yo 
rap was maybe like 2007 or something maybe even before that I don't know years but I'm guessing it was some sometime around then and so people looked to him and were like hey you're an authority on younger people and the internet (laughs) so tell us what you think about that um but he actually did have some super super way more interesting things to say about it than I did which is just like and he's continued to make commentary on that um it is wild to have the entire like (laughs) breadth of human knowledge in the palm of your hand you know what I mean and connectivity to any human at any at a moment's notice in the palm of your hand and the and now I think the idea like now that content creation is like a viable uh, living for so many people, like a viable path for a lot of people, um, relevancy, like scraping and clawing at the walls of this room that I have encapsulated myself in called relevancy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Does that make any fucking sense? That it's like, I must stay relevant, which means, especially on, in the TikTok space, which means, I must be constantly voicing fucking something on TikTok every day, multiple times a day. Is wild. It is wild and it is a little, you know, I, I kind of sometimes, to be honest with you, to just be super straight up and honest in this episode, we haven't even gotten into anything. I've just been rambling, but I think it's probably good. There's some something. <laughs> something's in there somewhere you could dig to find it if you want there's a nugget uh um what i had it i had it a second ago hold on i'll get it back oh i I was saying was that it i do it's difficult with the way that tiktok works it makes you feel a little disingenuous sometimes you know because i like my whole thing the reason that I started this whole podcast and the TikTok is that I was like, I just want to like show my real self to the world unmasked. I want to talk about my autism and I want to be silly and I want to be authentically myself. Like the whole thing was based on authenticity. But how do you maintain that in a, in a space, in a, on a platform that is forcing you as a creator, if you want to be a content creator, you know, you must come up with some kind of content three to five times every single day. You know what I mean? It is a little bit hard to scrape together that much authenticity in a day. You know what I mean? And so I like, I think about that a lot because I don't want to post stuff that I feel like is not genuine I don't want to be posting content just for the sake of posting content but I a thousand percent understand now why people who have like built an audience have to do that you know what I mean like they've built a thing they've built something that they want to keep running and if you're not posting you know depends on the platform but definitely for TikTok if you're not doing it every single day that's just not how the algorithm works. You instantly lose relevancy. You know what I mean? Like, we were 
yeah, I've been saying on here a bunch, uh, that we were getting like 150, 150-ish new followers every single day. Um, yeah, when it, when you take a week off and you're not posting every single day on TikTok, that's gonna stop, you know? That's just how the algorithm works, you know? And so, then you have to look inward and be like, why do I care that much about that, you know? Uh, what I care about is the authenticity of this, of of you and me. I'm waving back and forth between you and me. I'm pointing at you and then I'm pointing at myself. I care about this type of, I have a parasocial relationship with y'all. <laughs> that's what I want though, really. Like that's the whole reason. It is so incredibly easy to like lose sight of that. And it is annoying and I'm only looking at myself when I say this it's so fucking annoying Trisha that you had to learn that kind of thing or like not even learn it but like rediscover that thing we've just got so much shit going on 24 7 all the time inundated with stuff and life and constantly that I feel like I have to remind myself of literally a million concepts all the time, you know? And it is so fucking... It's just like the pandemic. It's not. This is a totally different situation. And I want to be clear about that, you know? Like, they're both equally very serious situations, but they're two totally different things. The only thing that I am trying to say is that when the pandemic happened, a lot of us realized what was important to us. And it was because we were thrust into isolation, literal isolation. And so many of us were like, oh, shit. The only things that matter to me is authenticity, being my true self and spreading love with, you know, being around the people that I love the most. I just want human connection. That's it. We're taking it back to bare basics baby that is the only thing that is similar in these two situations that it's like again looking at myself saying it took a global strike you know it took that that much for you like someone saying trisha please participate in this global strike and i was like yeah you got it and then a week later, you know, I'm like, look, in hindsight, the theme of this year really is exposure therapy. You know what I mean? Like, I truly felt anxious about removing myself from the internet for a week only because I'm addicted to the internet. And then I forced myself to fully disengage with it. And then a week later, I was like, wow, now that I've had a little breather from it, what, you know, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? You've been a little bit lost in the sauce, Trisha, you know? You're a little, a little worried about relevancy and, you know what I mean? And grow, and growing the TikTok and stuff like that, which is great. All of that is awesome. Good goals to have and stuff like that. But I just never, ever, ever want to, which I don't think I have. All of this is to say, I'm still very proud of all the content that I produce on TikTok and here. 
I think it's all still aligned with that mission or whatever. But the pressure that I feel sometimes to scramble and come up with something just for the sake of coming up with something, I do feel that kind of constantly. You know what I mean? And I think I should reevaluate that a little bit. I should think on that, think about why I feel that way and why I have such a ticking clock over my own head. I put it over my own head. No one else is doing that to me. But I just have such goals. I've had such goals for all this, you know, that I want to achieve this year. And I still, you know, I I don't want to like poo-poo on those goals or anything like that. But I think I just need, it's just, it's growing pains a little bit too. Because I said in a, um, in a video not that long ago that this is the most online that I've ever been. Ever in my whole life. I, 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 you can go to TikTok and check out the whole video if you want to see more about that. Uh, and I really only say that because it just goes into a lot more it was a long video it went into a lot of depth about like basically I've erased myself from the internet a, a lot a lot of times I've never allowed myself to exist to this authentically online ever uh yeah I've never had this type of relationship with the internet before period like yeah I've always kind of uh just felt weird about being perceive not having control over the way that I was perceived you know what I mean and so almost yeah I would like start an account Instagram or Facebook or whatever and then I'd post a bit a little bit on there and then if something happened I had an encounter with someone like I was so sensitive about it that if I felt like I did something wrong or someone perceived me in a weird way so I would straight up delete my whole account sometimes because I would just like didn't want that memory to even exist you know what I mean so being that as it is I've been kind of battling with that understanding like learning what this type of intense relationship with being extremely online is and look like looks like and what the where the balance should be and stuff like that it's been weird and it's been confusing and um yeah, like, is it, like, grow? I was gonna say growing pains. I don't know if I said that already, but I don't think I spat the word out. I think just, yeah, when you're, like, I'm growing a thing. You know, it's still kind of in its infancy, but I really like this thing a lot. And so I'm, I'm tempted to put every waking minute and hour into this thing. I think that's where I was at, is that I was, like, I just don't want to do anything else but grow this thing that I'm really proud of. You know, and when that and when that literally takes over every waking moment of your life, it can get a little out of hand, a little out of your control. And that's that's not good. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the I don't I don't know. I'm learning. <laughs> Someone, uh, what was I just going to say? Somebody had something really profound to say about that. Hold on, hold on. I'll think of it. Hold on. Dude, this is the hold on episode. This is the, I swear it's happened already at least three times where I've been like, what was I just fucking saying? 
And then I had to pause and think about it. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no, there wasn't any edits or cuts or anything whatsoever in there. Seamless. There was... <laughs> uh okay so the thing that i wanted to think that i was thinking of was on the brain leak podcast they talked about i'm not joking you when i say i just had to pause it again for like the third time and go back and listening listening to whatever stupid shit came out of my mouth like three times to be like, what the fuck was I going to say? I'm going to lose. If I forget it right now, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> Listen, okay, it's there. It's right there. <laughs> Let me just grab it. Hold on. Hold on. So it was, it was about no boundaries. I got it and I didn't pause it and I remembered it just now. And I'm so good. It was that they, on the Brain League podcast, they were talking about there's no bound. When you become a content creator... And annoying <laughs> you, you. There's no boundaries between life and content creation. You understand? It's not like a normal nine to five. You can make it. You can structure your life, your day with like, I'm only going to create videos between nine and five, or I'm only you know if you have the privilege of doing that, which I don't. I have to have a job on top of doing this, you know. So, it's like, but, but, because also the nature of the type of content that I'm creating is like, I'm talking about my autistic life. So, sometimes shit just happens in my life where I'm like, oh, fuck, that's good to talk about. And sometimes that's at 2 a.m. Sometimes that's while I'm in the middle of working on something else, you know? And it's just, they also were saying... Like, so, it's so fucking true. No matter where, you just get brain broken. You just get content creator brain. Where no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, some, it's on your mind. You know? You're like, oh, I should write that down and, like, make a video about that. Or, oh, I should remember this conversation. Or, oh, that would be a good video idea or podcast idea or whatever. And Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? You feel a little bit, like a slave to the machine sometimes and it's like it's good it feels good though it's the problem I think is because it is like creative expression it is fun I do like doing all of those things but you know you know what I'm trying to get at I'm not doing anything that I don't enjoy but to never have like a pause button or an off switch or anything like that when it just kind of becomes a part of your daily routine literally 24 hours a day you get content creator brain and then suddenly when you've been doing that for a long time an extended period of time and you're suddenly like hitting the brakes hard stop I'm just not going to engage with any of that stuff I'm not gonna I didn't make uh, I didn't do po- I didn't do podcasts. <laughs> I didn't do videos. Like I said, it's probably for the betterment of humanity. <laughs> but my brain was like, "Wee woo, wee woo, something's wrong. Ship is going down, Captain. We're sinking." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> that's there's something you know. 
Anyway, it, we're almost at 40 minutes. 35. No, we're at 35. And that's fine. So anyway, I think that was all the updates that I had about that. Um, let's get into some segments. Some sags, shall we? <laughs> Sensory Nightmare of the Week. I had a lip balm debacle this week, okay? Now I'm thinking my content creator brain is, the alarm's going off a little bit because I'm like, well, I just sat there and talked for 35 minutes about content creator brain and taking a week off and it's like, no one gives a shit, Trisha. You know what I'm saying? So in my mind, I'm like, maybe I should write down 35, hold on, I'll put it right next to the microphone. 35 minutes. Can you hear that? Timestamp. I'm not writing anything anymore. I'm just doing ASMR for you. I hope that sounds good on the mic. <laughs> I might put a timestamp in the description of this to be like, hey, if you just want to get to this segment and not hear me talk about this crap, this bull crap, I don't know. I'm going to think on that. I think that's me being a little bit hard on myself. And that's fine. <laughs> we'll work through it. My sensory nightmare of the week was a lip balm debacle. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a lot of voice squeaks today. <clears throat> I have tea here. Oh, yeah. I was going to give... Um, I don't know if she wants me to like fully say her name on and out her on this show. But Laura's mom... Jay made me the cutest mug for Christmas. It is like a wintry mug and it has a mouse on it that's drinking tea and a little sweater. And and I am drinking tea out of it. <laughs> and that's a story. And that's a beautiful... I almost just choked. <clears throat> um, Lavender. Lavender chamomile is the tea that I'm having and it's really good anyway thanks Jay for this cute mug <laughs> um, <laughs> what have I lip balm debacle okay man some days I feel like my ADHD is 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 stronger than other days you know what I mean and that's not real and I'm not being serious about that because it's the same every day <laughs> But some days I just really can't hold on to a single thought. Boy, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Lip balm. So I'm so sorry. I, I have a lip balm here next to me. What happened was, I've said on here before, my favorite lip balm in the entire world was Glossier. It's called thebalm.com, all right? And I think that's an obnoxious name, but it was the best lip balm, in my opinion. Like, super, super hydrating. I only had to put it on, like, once or twice a day, and I would do it at night as well. Constantly moisturized lips, especially during the wintertime. So good. It's a sensory problem for me. That's why it's in this segment. <laughs> cannot stand having dry crusty lips i can't stand it. it drives me insane okay what happened glossier changed the formula i know so <clears throat> i went in not that long ago a couple weeks ago or something and i got two new flavors that i hadn't tried before i was like "Ooh, 
They've always got new exciting flavors. This is my favorite lip balm. I'm going to try fig one and I'm going to try one called it was birthday cake, I think. Sure, I'll give it a try. Tried it. Formula is totally different. Absolutely, totally different. I hate it. I hate it. It was one of, it was like, you know, I've tried like the EOS lip balm or like, I don't know, something similar to that. That like, it doesn't feel bad, but it just doesn't do anything for your lips. Like it feels like it evaporates. It doesn't have any staying power. You know what I'm saying? It's not locking in any kind of moisture. Like the flavor was nice, but I felt like it was just slipping around and not really like staying put whatsoever. So then I was like, well, this is a fucking problem. This is a problem. Okay. Because now I have found one thing that I really, really like. And my autistic brain is saying, I don't like that can change. What are we going to do? There's no other lip balm on the face of this earth that will work. <laughs> like that one works. So I did some research and some people were saying that this Laneige. <laughs> I don't know why I want to do so much. I've, I've been thinking about ASMR so much lately. I If I haven't stressed, okay, on this show, I love ASMR. I love it. I, if, if it wouldn't, <laughs> I did one TikTok not that long ago where I tried to do like a review of all of my fidget toys, um, but just ASMR style. And I don't know. I was going to say no one liked it, but that could just be the algorithm because I put out content that I like that's different from what I normally put out. Um, but I just like, it didn't not, yeah, it wasn't pushed out to nearly as many people. Um, so I don't know if people would actually, I would straight up do an entire ASMR episode of this podcast. If anybody want, if one person asks me to do it, I will do it (laughs) because I love it. So anyway, that's the tube now so I did research wow I didn't even have to pause that time and go back and listen to what I said um I did some research and I found this Laneige lip glowy balm this flavor the flavor of this one I got two of them one is gummy bear the one I have right now and the other is grapefruit And they're, like, quite flavored, which I like, but a lot of people aren't into, like, super strong flavor, flavored cosmetics. (laughs) Um, but this one, like, really smells and tastes like a gummy bear. Like, a grape gummy bear? A little bit? Which I don't, I, I don't like grape flavored things at all. Like, artificial grape flavored candies and stuff like that hate it hate them that is the one like I will eat every other flavor and be fine with it you know I don't love I'm not crazy about cherry flavored like artificial cherry flavored things um but like if it's black cherry I love that you know lemon lime green apple banana strawberry I love all of those artificial grape really 
upsets me. Um, and this is a little, I, I, I don't know what is different about, enough about it. It's, it's, I don't know what they're putting in. How do you get gummy bear scent or flavor? You know what I'm saying? What is that? It's like they put like a little, just a little, a little kiss of grape in there, but it's mostly gummy bear. So it's fine. So it's, so I like it actually. (laughs) And the grapefruit one is really, really good. Anyway, (laughs) they're also kind of expensive. It shouldn't be this expensive for a, a really good lip balm. The Glossier one was like $12 or something, which still also feels like yeah, eh, it's getting up there. But these, I think, were like $18. Something like that. 16 or $18. That's too fucking much for a lip balm. Lip balm does not need to be that expensive. That's dumb. For, you know, just to get a good lip balm. They also have another product that I really want to try that's like specifically for sleep. Like a lip sleeping mask, I think is what the name of it is. Um, and you put it on when you go to sleep. <laughs> um, which I like that idea of, it's supposed to be like a little bit more, like this is a daytime lip balm, you know what I'm saying? Like a little bit more nourishing for nighttime. Uh, <laughs> what am I saying? $24. Why does any lip product need to be $24? For a tiny amount. Does this say on here how many? Yeah, it does. Hold on. Hold on. It's uh, not even a full ounce. Ten, ten grams? Ten grams? Is that what you're saying to me? 0.35 ounces? I mean, I know that most lip product, it's like not much that's going to, God, you know? I love it too. And it so it pisses me off. Like now I got to now I'm signed up to pay $18 every time that I get a new, you know. I will say so in comparison, if you're looking for a lip balm <laughs> that has lasting power. I do recommend this one. It's a little le- it's a little hmm, how do I want to phrase this? I've, I I do still have a little bit left of my Glossier, so I, like, went back and used that and then used this and kind of switched back and forth. The Glossier is, is a balm. The old formula, if you still have that, was, like, a balm. Like, it, this is actually a little bit glossy, which is why it's called the Lip Glowy Balm. Um, uh... But it's not, it, like, it definitely moisturizes. Um, but I think it doesn't 100% have the, like, staying power as the other. I do feel like I, uh, I'm either just getting used to the product or because I'm used to how the other one, I only had to put it on, like, once a day, you know? Um, Yeah. It's a little different, but I like it. God, I just didn't need to use that many words for this, you know? Um, It's good. It's good. I like it. You probably, once I get used to it, I feel like I probably will 
use it less. I don't know. I think that's a a tism thing. I think that's an autism thing that I'm like, the other stuff, whatever is in that. (laughs) You can kind of, like, you forget that it's on your lips, but, but like, sometimes hours later, you'll go, like, you know, rub your lips together or something, and you're like, oh, there's a little something still on there. This one is glossy, like, slippery. It's definitely not sticky, which I like. Um, even though sticky stuff doesn't really bother me very much, it has a nice texture. Um, the, the, like, uh, it's pretty slippery, so you lose that feeling after a while, but it definitely is still, like, like, the moisturization is still there. <laughs> That's what I mean when I'm like, oh, maybe I just have to get used to, like, you know what I'm saying? It's a little, if, li- if, hmm, I can't think of any, because I haven't used very many other balms whatsoever. God, no one cares. I just need to move on from this. <laughs> For the one listener who's, like, has a sensory issue with a lip balm. They're gonna, (laughs) um, like, imagine, like, a tin of just straight Vaseline or something like that. This is closer to lip gloss than, like, that would be to just, like, something that really locks it, like, straight petroleum on your lips that just, like, (laughs) locks in the moisture, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, <laughs> that I had it was a roller coaster with just like I, w- I was panicking a little bit because I'm like I can't not go I can't go a day without lip balm and all and my tubes are running out, and then I found these and then oh, problem solved. You know what I'm saying? I do really like them. And there was something. Nope, it's in a different section. Nope, you don't need to say anything else about that, Trisha. You can just move on to the next segment. And here we go right now. Hyperfixation of the week. I get stuck sometimes on, like, feeling like I haven't said enough. Like, I haven't reached the point. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Every time I go into a new segment, I'm like, the point is swimming out there somewhere. And it's my job to dive in and find that sucker. You know what I mean? I become a deep sea diver. And I'm going to find it eventually, okay? Until I feel like I really reeled that sucker in. You know? I'm trying to think of a fishing analogy. No, not analogy. Metaphor. I think it was... (coughs) Oh my god. (coughs) I choked on air. Was it Brain Leak that had another thing? Yes, it was. There was another episode of Brain Leak, and they wanted to know the difference between analogy and metaphor and simile. And you've called upon the right gal to let you know, okay? If you want to know, and you didn't know, I'm going to tell you right now. Simile is when you're uh, saying that something is like something else. So, I think the example they might have used is like, her mother's hug was like a warm coat. That's a simile. You're saying it was like something else. Metaphor is when you say something is something else. It's a little bit more dramatic. So instead of saying her hug was like a mother's... uh, What? Her... (laughs) Instead of saying it was like a warm coat, you'd say it was. Her mother's hug was a warm coat. 
You understand the difference? And then an allegory is something entirely different, which is a story that is used to tell a lesson, you know? Like, for example, I think I talked about in the last episode, in the salt burn episode, there's a certain section that we were talking about was an allegory or contained an allegory of the Bible or could, that was, that was my theory, right? When we think about the Bible or like other similar stories, tales that have existed throughout time, you can like point to Romeo and Juliet, for example. Like if you just say that title, people understand usually the outcome of that story and like the feelings therein, you know, being expressed therein. If you're like, oh, uh, this was an allegory for the Bible or contained an allegory of the Bible. A lot of us understand the major talking points of the Bible, some major stories contained within the Bible. You know what I'm saying? A lot of sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that that is kind of easier to like point out and glean. Uh, Parallel. They were making fun of me so fucking much in that last episode. Laugh it up, girls. I know you're laughing right now listening to me. But if you're like, you understand what I'm saying? It'd be easy to say, like, this is an allegory for the Bible because this character um, is acting Jesus-like. You know what I'm saying? Oh, There's a whole context contained within the Bible that they are using to their advantage to tell a separate story. To make us feel a certain type of way. You understand? That's the difference between simile and metaphor. You, that's been my one useful skill of my creative writing degree. There you go. You've learned something today. Where was I? Hyperfixation of the week. Um, I'm watching Dimension 20. Yep. Every Wednesday I've been watching it and it's so good. So funny. Um, I think they're on episode three. This week will be episode four. Uh, I can feel a migraine coming on, you guys. Ugh. Um, uh, episode four, I think, of, um, junior year. It's so funny. I have scream laughed at several, several points. I think one of them was with, um, many of them have been with Gorgug because he's, like, my favorite fucking character. He's so funny. Like, there was one part where he just, like, continued, continuously kept getting dusty, super dusty, and then, like, they're just such geniuses on that show that, like, one person will, like, say, like, they're so good at improv. One person will, he'll be like, I'm covered in dust, and then someone adds something to that, and then they discover the source of the dust, and it just, it's so fucking hilarious. And his, Zach, uh... Oyama's facial expressions and stuff just kill me every single time or like he says so much with so little like he will just look over at Brennan and just be like ah (laughs) so much emotion and like a a little facial expression and like a tiny sound or something that the the (laughs) the extreme defeat that often overcomes Gorgug fills me with joy (laughs) It's so fucking funny. Um, loving that. I mean, everyone on that show is absolutely hysterical. Um, what else? Bald- Sorry for screaming. Baldur's Gate. <laughs> um, during this week off, I was take I been playing. I've been playing Baldur's Gate a lot. I just beat it today. I 
spent almost 100 hours. I might have been at 100 hours. I'm not totally sure. 100 hours in that game. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. I was talking to my friend Adam. I think he'll be okay. Hey, Adam, if you're listening, when you eventually listen to this episode. I think he's okay with me saying... I've said his name on here before, I think. Anyway. um, I was talking with him about the story and uh, he's doing it all. He said that he is like 30 plus hours in and he's like at the end of act one of that game. Oh boy. I was like, get ready for 200 hours (laughs) on this playthrough at least. Because I felt like, see, I did not know enough about the game either. I just went into it and I was like, oh, this is like D&D. I, I DM. I, I consume a lot of D&D stuff. Hell yeah. Started playing it. Uh, had no idea about like the act structure or like really how much side quest stuff I should do. How much exploring I should do. I kind I mean, I did a good amount. I bet I, I bet I spent maybe 20 hours or close to it at the, uh, maybe a little less than 20 in the first act. Maybe 15 or something. I don't remember. <laughs> something like that. I, fe- I spent a good amount of hours in the first act, but there was definitely side quest stuff that I didn't do. Definitely places that I didn't go. Because I was like, oh, I, I kind of am ready to experience more of the main story arc. And then I moved on to Act 2, which I won't spoil anything. But I was very intimidated. I was like, I don't, this is scary. <laughs> and so I'm scared. And so I'm going to try to just get to from A to B. Because I'm in this area that is kind of unsafe. I think. It was. <laughs> And so I felt like I zoomed through the first kind of half of the second act. And I really wish that I took more time to explore some really interesting areas that I wouldn't, that I couldn't go back and do again. Which is a little bit of a bummer. I kind of wish that as, because there are two distinct areas, kind of three, I guess. There's, like, you know, you go underground, that area, and then there's, like, a really kind of kooky, crazy, little creepy place, and then there's another kooky, crazy, creepy place, but it's more, like, what you would expect, I guess, for, like, you're back kind of in the common world? I don't know what it's called. You're on your way to Baldur's Gate, all right? there's kind of like three different areas and once you get to that third one you can't go back and explore those other kooky crazy places um and that was kind of a bummer I I don't know why they did it like that I'm sure there's a good solid reason um but I remember because I played it on stream a little bit and uh yeah I think I was like struggling to level up before like a key basically the uh climax of act two before you get to that part you you should level up for sure (laughs) and I hadn't leveled up enough 
And so I went, I scoured that whole area. Like I did every single thing that there was to do there. And I found it difficult to get to a level that I needed to be at to do it. Um, and then, yeah, so then I tried to go back. I think I was on stream. I tried to go back and I was like, well, if I just go back and fight a bunch of stuff in those areas, then I surely can level up. Um, and I wasn't able to. And so that was a bummer. But it, we got there. Eventually, I got to a passable level. Um, which I think was 8. Or maybe just before 8. Like, literally, like, 7. Like, I had, I've only battled, like, t two times or something after that and leveled up to eight I think or something something like that <clears throat> but I really really tried and it was very difficult in that section to get um yeah where I needed to be but we did it eventually and then act three is so massive and huge it was really really fun so much to do exactly kind of what I had wanted uh as far as like having one big area that you can kind of go in and out of and go to all these different places and talk to all these different people and lots of different side quests and stuff like that all in one large like city location and I did so much that I felt I felt that it was a lot easier for because there's just so much to do that it was a lot easier to level up and then Larian <laughs> Uh, I, I need to get on to the next stuff. I've just been babbling for so long. Um, <laughs> then I have a little bit of beef with Larian who made the game because they capped, they capped spoilers. I'm going to say the cap right now. If you don't want to hear it, skip ahead like 20 seconds. They cap you at level 12. You can't get any higher than level 12. And I was kind of TO'd about that. And that's not, I mean, that's not, you know, I think that's wide spread knowledge at this point but still just in case anybody didn't want to hear it but I was annoyed about that I like I went through enough side quests and battles and stuff that I like opened up my character sheets and it said I had something like 37,000 experience out of zero required for the next level and I was like what have I have as it have as it glitched out and so I like looked it up and it was like oh no you just can't get any higher than that level and I was like so why what so what is this for you know what I mean and and that's how they got me you know what I mean I'd already I'd already become so attached to the characters and I'd already like put so much time and effort into it that I was like well I guess I just I'm gonna keep doing stuff <laughs> But it did, I will say it definitely demotivated. I'm a simple woman as far as video games are concerned. <clears throat> Give me a really simple like leveling system that re rewards me for fighting bad guys. Give, you know, it was the perfect, it, D, that's why D&D &D is super satisfying to a lot of us RPGers, gamers and stuff. You, it's a very simple reward. You do this, you get XP. You do that, you get more, you get stuff. Woohoo! You know? Uh, 
when you take out that very simple element of giving me stuff and rewards for doing the thing, I very quickly lose motivation. I don't understand. This is why I have told people a million times, I, I don't gel with games like Animal Crossing because why would I? You're telling me I have to motivate myself to make my own house and, and make friends and do all this stuff? No, it's not for me. I need motivation. I need a big bad guy that's going to destroy the world. And I need someone yelling at me and giving, and I need difficulty. You know what I mean? Something that's pushing me, rewarding me, first and foremost. You know what I mean? But, like, when you started, when you start um, Baldur's Gate, you, you kind of have the motivation to be like, oh, I want to, I want to get to the level where I can beat these low-level bad guys, thieves that are on the road or whatever. So you do that. And it's, you know, it's a very simple system. <laughs> so I got, yeah, I got kind of annoyed with that, that I was like, well, why would I continue if I'm not going to get, like, I have to continue because I've invested almost 100 hours into this game. So I have to see what happens at the end. But I'm not going to do, like, it literally sucks all of the fun out of doing side quests. You do side quests so that you get XP and OP items so that when the final battle comes, you can be a badass. And then they took that away, which I, I'm like, I get it and that's their right because they're going to probably make expansions, DLCs and stuff like that. So you can play more of the game and then you can unlock more levels and you can do more stuff. And I'm like, I get why you do that because D&D, &D, you cap out at level 20. I get it. But it's a little, <laughs> it's a little annoying. I just like, I don't know if there's a, a sensible option that's like a way around that. You know what I mean? Like, maybe maybe it's because they're partnered with Wizards of the Coast. But in my mind, I'm like, just screw level 20. Let people go higher than level 20 or something. Do something crazy, you know? Do DLC, but just continue to, like, fig you know, you can figure out some kind of system. But maybe it's because of Wizards of the Coast that are, that are the owners of the D&D &D product. That they wouldn't allow them to change the rules or something like that. I don't know. But I'm like, gosh, yeah, it really began to demotivate me. And I was like, I just don't, don't care. I'm going to finish the game now. Now that I know that I can't get any, any rewards for continuing to put time into this. I'm just going to go ahead and finish. You know, I don't have the desire. I've all, I'm also, I've never been like a super completionist like that. Like I don't need to see what happens with every single tiny little side quest. I just don't need to. I want to get rewarded <laughs> for my good behavior. <laughs> I think that says a lot about me. Um, okay, and then my other hyperfixation for this week. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> Gotta take a drink ice cold my tea is ice cold at this point because i've been yapping for so long um for those of you who are also perfume baddies um i love a good perfume as like a sensory experience i've definitely talked about that on here before that like sometimes i just wear perfume around my house because i like it and it smells good honestly i do that 
often, almost every day, probably. Just I like smelling, I like the smell of it. I want to sniff it on myself. <laughs> it's a nice positive, like, sensory experience for me. Um, and I ordered a perfume along with these lip balms, like, a while ago. And they just showed up in the mail the other day. And I, if you like, yeah, if you like perfume... And you're into kind of like Swedish, what? Sweet-ish, not Swedish. Sweet-ish. You understand? <laughs> Gourmand kind of perfumes. <clears throat> I suggest uh, Boardwalk Delight is the name of the scent. And the the company is called Skyler, Skyler? But it's Skyler something. Clean Cosmetics or something like that. Or just clean, I don't fucking know. Um, it's really good. Um, I don't usually like just a sugary sweet kind of scent. Um, I also described all of this in a TikTok that I think I'm going to post here in a little bit. Um, I, 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 (laughs) no one asked, but I broke down what types of scents that I really like. And usually it's very like gender neutral Um, a little, like, vanilla-y or a little sweetness, but, like, mixed in with some, like, muskiness or, like, some wood, woody type of scent or, like, you know, alcohol, like, bourbon-y or something like that I usually really like. This one is a little sweeter than I normally go, but I liked it because it wasn't just kind of one note. Like, on the bottle it says vanilla, cotton candy, and coconut milk were the three, like, most recognizable notes or whatever. But when you smell it, you're like, yes, I can smell all of those notes, but there's, like, there's a lot of other stuff going on here. And I, like, did a little more digging and research. And, uh, they added in, like, some, a little tiny bit of, like, watery, like, aqua, (laughs) kind of scents sent to it but then also some like richer stuff at the bottom like bottom notes like um amber and there was like a musk some kind of musk of some kind it was like a lot of really interesting stuff that you wouldn't maybe necessarily think goes together like musk and cotton candy or something like that or like yeah amber and coconut milk necessarily or whatever um, but it, it works really, really well. Um, but you do have to, like, like, when you first spray it initially, you get cotton candy. Um, which smells, it's, it is nice, but if, you know, you gotta be into, like, a little bit of foodie gourmand kind of scent or whatever. But I feel like the longer that you wear it, it's less... It's not so, so sweet. It's not super sweet smelling, period. But I feel like those kind of top notes of, um, God, am I going to get made fun of this? I'm, you guys have traumatized me. (laughs) Not you. (laughs) Laura and Chelsea. (laughs) Anytime that I'm, like, deep diving into a subject, they're going to be like, fucking nerd. Top notes. Kiss my ass. (laughs) The top notes of vanilla. And particularly cotton candy. That does it um it blends into the rest of it. 
you know it's not just sugar in your nostrils is what I'm trying to say it's a good perfume if you're into that kind of thing anyway um next is stem of the week um I kind of already talked about this what my note says I really needed this week from off from social media and work just to completely kind of shut myself in a cave and be disconnected from social media but uh, while I was playing a lot of, um, Baldur's Gate 3, I was constantly listening to podcasts or YouTube videos. Oh, okay. I was like, what the, what, what is my point? <laughs> what am I getting at? You know? Did you ever think that? <laughs> um, okay. So my stim of the week was me saying, like, I recognized it's, it's one of those things. I've been talking about this in my personal life a lot lately is like, Sometimes you're just too close to a problem to un- understand that or identify that it's a problem until you are doing the thing. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I didn't realize how burnt out and kind of how, like, addicted to the grind you know what I mean (laughs) sorry I don't know any other word just the just the constant like (sighs) I don't mean grind in the way of like grind set you know what I'm saying (laughs) but just like in the sense of like feeling a little bit of pressure to be posting and stuff constantly or whatever um until you stop, until you stop everything, sometimes you're like, oh, I was actually kind of deeply in burnout. Oh, actually, I am forming this kind of strange relationship with, you know, this content that I'm producing, which is like equally good and bad. It's a weird, complex thing that I need to evaluate. But now that I've had a moment away from it, I can see it so much. I can see clearly now. You know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) while I took some time off, I was like, oh, actually, this is, this was so needed, so necessary. Not only that, like, I need to physically cocoon and try to, um, yeah, recover, recover my senses. Um, and I did that by... One of my favorite things that I feel like I do regularly is kind of when I'm when I'm feeling burnt out as far as sensory input goes. Sorry, I keep getting fucking distracted because I can feel a migraine starting right behind my right eyeball. <sighs> Did that ever happen to you? Your eyeball ever start to hurt? That's what's happening to me. <laughs> I'm fine. Um gosh, I can't keep a single thought today. Um, when, so, uh, comfort kind of thing is when I feel like I have sensory overload, I kind of take control back over my senses in a way by, like, wearing my headphones a lot more, but also, like, multitasking is honestly really comforting for me. Like, I I was playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3, and listening to stories and stuff like audiobooks or um like some of the D&D podcasts that I've talked about on here a bunch stuff that has like a story or something that yeah that can really like 
I don't know, captivate my mind and my imagination and stuff like that is a really good auditory stim for me. And it makes me feel, it helps me get back to balance and homeostasis, I think, a lot faster. You know, it gives me that instant control back. So that, I've been engaging in that quite a lot this week and that felt great. Um, okay, we're at 115. Let's wrap this up. I had D&D. Another, like, stim for me is social interaction. I had D&D on Friday night and it was super, super fun. Really intense episode, which I think... Uh, I'll get to it in the socially problematic section. Looking through my notes here. Okay. Quirky, silly little things that made me angry. Um, I've been sitting on this one for a second <laughs> for a while. I don't know why, but it's been in my notes for a while. Um, I don't know. I'm not the first person to say this, okay? And I'm sorry. This may be a little bit controversial, but men, Uber, u- Uber Eats drivers, okay? Actually, I think I know people personally who've had the same problem with men who are uber eats drivers or like um what's the other one (laughs) it doesn't matter the what the grocery one (laughs) wow i'm losing it it doesn't matter you ask them to get a thing and somehow they can't find butter or something you know what i mean like the most common (laughs) item in the world so a while ago, I I don't I don't remember what I ordered. Maybe I was on a bagel sandwich kick for a while. Maybe it was a bagel sandwich. Um, oh, I love bagel sandwiches. <laughs> Knowing my my bagel my bagel is an everything bagel. I like that a lot. But <laughs> this guy got my address so wrong. I really want to tell y'all how wrong he got it by giving you the numbers, but I would, like, dox myself by doing that, probably, in some way. I don't know. I probably shouldn't say my address number. You know what I'm saying? It was not the correct number, is what I'm trying to say to you. I don't know where his eyeballs were looking at. This is what confuses me about it. I've had this happen more than once. And mistakes happen, and I totally get it, and whatever. But I've had it happen more than once. I live, like, gosh, I cannot give anything away about where I live. But it just shouldn't be that difficult. You know what I mean? You're, look, because there's a number. And you can read it. And so you go to that number, and that's where you drop it off. But this guy, so, (laughs) you know how in Uber Eats, they will take a picture of the food to show you that it's been delivered, like, for proof of it? And then they will leave. He did that, and it wasn't my house in the picture. And so I looked at my phone, and I was like, that's not my house. Someone else has my food. So I, like, had to call, which I don't like doing. I had to call him, and I was like, hey, um, the photo that you just sent, um, that's not my house. (laughs) He was like, oh, no. But he was already, like, kind of, I don't know how he got so far away so quickly. He was like, hold on, I'll turn around. And he wanted to keep me on the phone. And then the house that he delivered it to, they had 
grabbed my food because something was delivered to their front door. So that makes sense. So he had then he had to go to that house, knock on the door, be like, "Hey, I delivered someone else's food to your house," and that and they're just a few doors down from you. So I'm just gonna walk it over to where it was actually supposed to be delivered, and thank goodness they hadn't opened it or anything like that. Uh, but he told me the number, which is in Uber Eats, right? That's how you find my house, is uh, with my address, correct? He, the number that he gave back to me, like, the address number, house number, I was like, what? Where did you get that? Did you literally just drive up the street, look at the first house, and go, eh, it must be this one, and just they gave up? That's bananas. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what's going on with that type of behavior. I would be mortified if I delivered the wrong thing to just, like, a rant, you know? I, how did we end up at that conclusion? I truly am baffled. How did we end up there at that conclusion where you were confident enough to leave it at that house and drive away? The numbers weren't even close to the same, is what I'm saying to you. There, make no mistake, there were numbers, several of them, in this house number that are not in mine. <laughs> so I was like, what? so confusing and it's actually i wasn't angry about it at all because he was very nice and he's like oh i'm so sorry i'll just walk it over now walked it over got my food amazing no problem not a problem whatsoever but i was like i've heard of this issue other people uh instacart was the one i was trying to think of (laughs) people particularly having issues with instacart of being like, hey, like, because that's like the grocery shopping one, right? So they'll be like, hey, can you get me this brand of butter? And then they'll be like, <laughs> they don't have butter. <laughs> There's no butter at this store. And they're like, what? Huh? I've been, I go, bitch, I go to that store sometimes myself. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, anyway. <laughs> okay, um... What else did I put in this note? It's a very long note for some reason. This section. Retriever, like, completely wrong house. Yeah. Just talking about burnout. I just was going on and on. Yep. Okay, what's she anxious about now? Um, getting laid off from work. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast or not, but I have been laid off from work. And, like I said before, I do need to work you know, to pay my bills. I don't have, uh, support. I don't as in I'm not living with other people, you know, I don't have any other means of income or taking care of myself, and so now I must find a new job, and it is stressful. That's all I want to say about that for right now. Socially problematic. Social situations, I learned this. (laughs) Social situations don't mean the same thing to everyone else as what they mean to me. But sometimes I forget that fact. And I was thinking about this at D&D nights. One thing that I know about this group is we all love each other so fucking much. And 
this particular night of D&D where we all get together, me and my three best friends, we're the three best friends that anyone could have, um, it is precious and lovely and wonderful to all of us, but I had a moment where, it's just a moment of, like, I get so wrapped up in the goal, it's the same shit that happens to me with TikTok, and making content and stuff. I get so wrapped up in my own shit. My own goal of whatever the night is. And usually it's in my story, you know. Because for me, I need to be writing, in my mind, I need to be writing an Oscar-worthy story. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm trying to, like, make it really intense. And, um, yeah. I want them to feel like they really did something at the end of the session every session there's character growth there's a lot of you know I want it to be a good fucking story like I, I I'm trying to take pride I take pride in that so I'm trying hard you know to um to show up in like yeah <laughs> I, I feel like there's more that is floating around in my brain that I can't articulate properly but anyway so that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting in my little DM chair and I'm like, how can I make this the most rewarding game possible, you know? And other people, while everybody enjoys playing D&D, everyone is showing up to that hangout kind of for a different reason. You know what I mean? And that seems really obvious. But I do have to remember that. Like, it's not my time. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's D&D and it's my, and I am creating the story does not mean that I own everyone else's time at that table. You know what I'm saying? Miri is rolling around like a crazy woman. Um, are you okay? Sometimes she does this thing where she just like rolls around. She just like has a little hissy fit. She just kind of like, because <laughs> she's very snorty. She just rolls around in her little doggy bed or on the couch or something. Anyway, so I thought that was a good lesson, like social lesson for me to remember. That like, just because I want to get a certain thing out of a certain experience doesn't mean that that's what everyone else wants and I should respect that for what it is you know what I mean I think part of that is autism and part of that is probably probably something to do with the way that I grew up or something it's just been part of my personality that I want the th you know especially if I am trying to create something craft something or host something for other people to take part in and experience I'm like I need to control what that's like and I need to like you know does that make sense what I'm saying like I want to curate the experience so that everybody comes out of the other end of it uh feeling the way that I intended them to feel which is not how feelings work that's kind of how my brain works because I'm like I want everyone to end this session feeling satisfied and feeling like 
you know, their characters did X, Y, Z, and we furthered the story a little bit, and we accomplished stuff, and we got items, and, you know, we're a little bit closer to the big bad guy, or whatever. And we had some laughs with our buds, in character, and all that kind of stuff. And I get so lost in that fairy tale, that, and I'm also so invested in that, because I'm a nerd. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, Other people are just showing up to, like, move their little piece on the board and, you know, swing their sword a little bit and mostly have laughs or whatever. And that's so super valid, you know what I mean? And I, and, and I need to be equally as respectful of that. And I know that this is all in D&D terms, but what I'm really trying to say that I like, I was like, oh yeah, every kind of social interaction, and I think this is because of my autism, I have to remember that other people are trying to get something else out of it, you know? And I think this is a really interesting complex thing that is kind of hard for me to digest. That's like, my time should be a respected... And respected isn't even a good word because I have, like, kind of a negative connotation when I think about the word respect. But, like, I should be able to get whatever I want with my silly, goofy time with my favorite girls. Just as much as everybody else should be entitled to that, too. You know? (laughs) I don't know if any of this is making sense. But I think I have a control thing and also, like... Because I've been masking for so much of my life, I kind of, I kind of do a little bit of a thing where I, like, imagine how the night is gonna go. Or, like, if my friend just was like, hey, Trisha, do you want to go get coffee? I kind of pre-imagine the energy and the vibe of what that's gonna be like. I kind of pre-set it in my mind a little bit. You know, that's just how, yeah, it's because of the autistic mask that I kind of want to be prepared. Take, take a preemptive temperature, but that's not how social interactions work. And so I think, uh, the, the complexity of that is really hard for me to wrap my brain around sometimes, where I will show up and I'll feel like, especially in a setting like D&D or whatever, I have literally crafted a story and I feel like I understand the story well, but I never know how other people are going to interact with that story. And I also don't know what they're trying to get out of it. And it's probably, chances are, it's just probably not that deep for them as it is for me. And that's great. You know what I mean? So I think, I think the takeaway from this is that sometimes part of me wants to say I'm autistic and I should give myself a little bit of a break and say it's not necessarily my job that sounds negative and I don't want it to sound negative but like I don't I can't be prepared for every possible outcome or everyone's desire you know what I mean and that's what my brain wants to do wants to be prepared for all that shit which is unrealistic. But at the same time, I do also feel kind of like it is my responsibility to be able to like pick up on what other people are trying to get out of the experience, interpret that, 
and readjust in the moment if necessary. And that type of social complexity is fucking hard for me. It's really difficult for me. But I want to be able to do that. And I wish that I was better at doing that. And I don't know how to get better at that. You know? And so when I'm, when I, like, for example, like, we, we all had a super, super good time on Friday. It was a particularly intense portion of the story episode. And so I was laser focused on that all night. And then once the session was over, a lot of anxiety set in where I was like, maybe other people just weren't in a, you know, you know, maybe I screwed up other people's nights by like pushing too hard for it to be too intense. Or maybe I wasn't respecting whatever they showed up with at the table that night where they were like, I'm actually just ready to have a silly goofy time. And I came in and I literally killed one of our characters. I brought her back to life, but I killed her. And that's fucking intense. And maybe other people were not, like, ready for that type of vibe. You know what I'm saying? But, again, I just I just thought this was, like, an interesting, complex social lesson for me to learn. That I could carry on to any type of social interaction. I don't have totally have an answer. You know, I'm definitely not good at this, I feel. <laughs> But my, yeah, but I guess the main, yeah, the main thing that I took away was, like, I guess I just, yeah, I wish I was better at that. I wish that I was better at reading the room sometimes and adjusting, being a little bit more adaptable in those situations or probably all of that could be resolved with communication, huh? (laughs) I think Laura said that, which there was no problem, just to be clear. Everybody walked away from that and said, we had a great night. Uh, But they, you know, it was an intense, intense episode or whatever. I'm pretty sure that Laura said something like, oh yeah, you could just let us know, you know, if there's, if there's going to be something that we're, it's going to need to be a longer session or whatever. I could have just said, heads up, this is going to be an intense one or whatever. So anyway, I feel like that thought process was kind of scattered, but I'm sure you understand. Y'all are smart. There's several little nuggets, I think, in there that I'm kind of understanding about myself and about my autism and how I can just, like, facilitate people's social feelings a little bit better. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know it yet. But I just want to do, I just want to do the best that I can possibly do, you know? So anyway, that was under Socially Problematic. Revelation of the Week. Uh, what is this? <laughs> Remembering to, to make time. And I, it's so funny that I'm annoyed with myself. <laughs> That's funny to me. I'm like, oh, more words that I typed out. Shut up. Remembering to make time for joy and rest and purposeful time off is something that I need to make a part of everything that I'm doing. The world isn't going to end if I don't keep up with TikTok for a week. In fact, it's a good thing. (laughs) And for a good cause and for my own mental health. We already said all of that earlier, but hey. Good to reiterate it, you know what I mean? I think really the key takeaway from that segment is... uh interweaving 
purposeful uh, rest and time off and joy. Time for joy and stuff like that. Um, you know what I mean? Because that's a, that, that was the part that I was talking about with, like, the pandemic. We were all forced into a pandemic. And then by the time we were all in it, all of a sudden, all of us were like, oh, I needed, ac- actually, at the beginning, I mean, not everybody felt this way. But, like, me at the very beginning, like, that first month, because I was, I've always been basically an autistic burnout for my whole fucking life. I was like, actually, this is kind of nice to be able to just take things a lot slower suddenly. And then, of course, after after the first month, I was like, oh my god, if I don't see another human being soon, I'm gonna lose my mind. It was awful after that, but, but uh, it's the same type of thing, that it's like, it shouldn't take something like that for us to, like, um, work it in. Schedule. You know, I don't mean to be clinical about it, but it really, like, purposeful time off before it becomes an emergency. You know what I'm saying? So just remember that about yourself. Like, like part of the maintenance of life. I know all this is so analytical sounding and clinical sounding, and I wish I had better language, descriptive language for you. But, like, part of the maintenance and upkeep of our lives, I think should include regular time off. Regular. And I mean that. Regular. I'm not talking about like once a year vacation. Even twice a year vacation. Like regular breaks and time off is absolutely necessary and so yeah healthy. So I also need to remember that in a big way. Uh, Alright I think that's all I got for you guys this week. Thank you so, so much for listening. I appreciate y'all so much. I truly hope that you are doing well. Love ya. I'll talk to you next week, okay? Be kind to yourself. 